0: Get your students back to school with the support they need with Read&Write software for the desktop, Google, or iPad. These proven software solutions help those with reading and writing difficulties, learning disabilities, or English language learners. Read&Write Gold text-to-speech software provides tools for reading, writing, studying, and research for students while they work within the common applications they use every day. Read&Write for Google provides support tools for Google Docs, PDFs, and EPUBs in Chrome on PCs, Macs, and Chromebooks to make Google Apps for Education accessible. And iReadWrite makes reading easier and ensures accurate writing as students use their iPad for school, work, or leisure. Learn how the Read&Write family of products can help your struggling student by visiting www.texthelp.com or call 1-888-248-0652. That's 1-888-248-0652. Get a free trial of Read&Write Gold or Read&Write for Google today. Have students with IEPs? Take advantage of the Read&Write Gold IEP Special. Welcome to the AT Tips Cast, where we look at different ways to differentiate the learning experience for everyone. I'm still your host, Chris Bougay. This is episode 122, recorded on September 30th, 2013. Sally Norton Darr and me wrote an article for the publication Closing the Gap Solutions called A Cure for the Report Writing Blues. The article is based on a conglomeration of many true stories. Although the narrative is fictitious, it is garnered from multiple events that actually occurred the names have been changed to protect those in the same predicament. In order to have a human-narrated audio version of the story, my wife recorded it as an AT TipsCast episode as well. I'll have a link to where you can subscribe to Closing the Gap Solutions over at attipscast.com. Enjoy!
1: A Cure for the Evaluation Report Writing Blues by Christopher Bouguet and Sally Norton-Darr. "'Molly felt her pockets for the keys. "'Nothing. Had she locked them in her car again? "'Her lack of sleep might be causing her mind to play tricks. "'Brief lapses in short-term memory were another awkward side effect of sleep deprivation. "'It wasn't like she didn't know the cause of the problem. "'It was that old familiar friend named Stress.' That ugly stepsister had moved in about three years ago when she took her new job as an assistive technology specialist and had been using all the hot water ever since. When she accepted the position, she remembered feeling elated and eager to start. This was the job she had dreamed of and worked hard to get. She was qualified committed, competent, experienced, and genuinely concerned about making a difference in the lives of others. She was actually going to be spending her every day helping students achieve their educational goals by recommending, acquiring, and implementing technology. She had planned to be an adjunct member of each student's educational team to help decide collectively what solutions would be least restrictive and most appropriate given the current situation. She had wanted to help make improvements in the lives of students, the supporting family members, and the other surrounding educators. The job was in special education, after all. Paperwork just came with the territory. Now, Three years later, she was desperate to find a way out. Her expectations and reality had mixed about as well as oil and water. Relief washed over her when she heard the familiar jingle of her hand brushing past the keys in her purse. Phew! At least something was going right. She made her way to the coffee shop, purse and laptop bag strung over her shoulder. Coffee had a way of making everything better. It was just another typical Saturday morning. Grab the extra-large latte, snuggle into the chair in the corner, fire up the laptop, and get to work on writing the reports from the evaluations she had done all week. It was May, and, with summer fast approaching, Brake felt more like a stalker than a savior. She had four reports to write for students she had seen this week and two due from the previous week. When she scrolled through the names in her spreadsheet, she saw that she had completed 224 evaluations so far for the school year. With the other assistive technology evaluations she had already had scheduled, she was on pace to hit 255 before the end of the school year. She thought about that number for a moment. Her contract was for a 180-day school year. "'that meant she was conducting and, consequently, "'drafting a report for more than one evaluation per day. "'No wonder she was spending every Saturday morning "'sucking down skinny cinnamons. "'Excuse us,' a woman said out of the blue. "'I'm sorry to bother you, but don't I know you from somewhere?' "'The woman had light brown hair, "'and Molly had to admit a familiar face. "'She was sure they had indeed met before.' When she looked past the woman to the gentleman accompanying her, the flame of recognition ignited. Yes, Molly smiled. We met at the State Assistive Technology Conference last year. We sat at the same table for lunch or something, right? How's it going? The man asked, genuinely interested. Molly was about to offer the automatic response of, OK, when she realized that this would be a complete and utter lie. She was anything but okay. She was so frustrated, she was ready to throw her laptop across the room. Instead, she offered up the truth. Actually, not good. I spend just about every Saturday here writing up reports on the students I've seen. Besides that, I've got every person I talk to wanting a tablet computer, whether that is the right tool for the job or not. "'I attend massive amounts of individualized education program meetings. "'I barely have time to train the teachers on the devices they are getting, "'and when I do, I never leave feeling good about the job I've done. "'I'm constantly chasing my tail here, trying to keep up, "'and, frankly, I'm ready to pull my hair out.' "'Do you mind if we sit down?' the woman asked, pulling out a chair. "'I'm Sally, and this is Chris.' We totally empathize with your situation. We've been there. I used to spend every night, including Friday and Saturdays, writing reports. My wife would be upstairs watching a movie while I wrote up recommendations for tools and strategies. It sucked, Chris offered. Molly felt a little bit of tension release from her shoulders. She wasn't alone. Misery loves company, she thought. Then she realized these two comrades didn't have the tell-tale bags under their eyes. These two actually looked happy about their jobs, and did that guy just say, used to, as in past tense? You mean, you don't write reports like this? Molly gestured toward her laptop. We do, Sally explained. It's just that maybe we conduct 10 to 15 evals a year on average, which means we only write up 10 to 15 formal reports a year. Molly felt the world spin in the opposite direction for a moment. Once, in her teens, she had a bad case of vertigo where she lost all sense of balance. She had spent the evening lying on the couch with an ice pack on her forehead, hoping someone would stop the world so she could get off. Luckily, the feeling passed more quickly this time, and she managed to ask, "'You're joking, right?' Don't get us wrong, Chris started, we do lots of consultations on cases. I've probably done 50 or 60 this year alone. We send a follow-up summary in an email after each one, too, which is sort of like a mini-report. The difference is that we only focus on technology that is already presently available in the environment. That, and in an email, one isn't required to be so formal. We're still professional, just not as formal you know? Molly did not know. Email was used for scheduling meetings and sending attached reports to respective parties, not drafting consultation summaries. Molly did not know, but she wanted to. Hold up, she said, raising her hand. Can you explain your process? Sure. When our team started, we were given one directive from our administration. Every evaluation for a student needed to be requested via the student's individualized education plan. With that bit of guidance, you know what we did? Chris paused, waiting for Sally to pick up where he left off. We asked everyone, whenever they had a question about assistive technology, to request an assistive technology evaluation for us to help them. And you know what we got? This time, Chris addressed Molly. This time, Molly knew the answer. Lots of requests for evaluations? Chris clicked his tongue to the roof of his mouth and pointed both index fingers at her. The gesture indicated that she hit the bullseye on her first shot. That's what we do now, Molly added. Yeah, that's what a lot of people around the country do, or so we've heard, Chris added but we learned something over time the vast majority of our recommendations were for tools and strategies that were already in the environment most teachers just didn't realize they existed that they had access to them or how they could implement them so we changed our practice we made it our mission for people to contact us without requesting an assistive technology evaluation This is mostly teachers or case managers, but any IEP team, including a parent, is welcome to contact us. We brainstorm solutions and then write them up in a follow-up email. In many cases, we get that email out within a day or two. Students are using strategies that much faster without the delay of having to wait on the writing up of an official report, explained Sally. But what if you can't solve the problem with technology already in the environment? Molly asked, thinking she found a reason why this couldn't work for her. There are times when an evaluation is warranted to help decide what technology above and beyond, what is already available in the classroom, should be acquired. That's when we explain the process of requesting an assistive technology evaluation. Oftentimes, the strategies suggested and tried in the classroom offer supportive data should a different piece of technology be considered. Could this be possible? Obviously it was. These two were working on a team who was using a totally different and possibly more efficient process. Molly guessed at the number of evaluations she had written where the recommendations were for items already in the environment. Without pulling the reports and counting them, she couldn't be sure, but she estimated the number to be around 200. That was about 80% of her evaluations. Could she cut down report writing by 80%? Whoa! What would she do with all that found time? Maybe spend time with her husband on Saturday mornings again for one thing, but what would that mean for the rest of her job? What do you do with all the time you use to spend writing reports? Training, Sally and Chris said together, smiling at the simultaneous answer. You mean like after-school workshops? Molly asked. It would be nice to train some teachers rather than always playing catch-up. Some sally started we do after school workshops and our attendance varies at those the truth is adult learners are just like student learners there isn't one way that fits everyone best We diversify our professional development offerings, Chris continued. We do group face-to-face workshops, work directly with students to model practices for teachers, send out emails with links to various tutorials, maintain a website of our favorite resources, manage an online repository of resources we've curated from the web, create our own videos to be placed on our website and on DVDs share audio files from our favorite podcasts, and develop a digital and paper-based strategy-a-day calendar to keep the tap of good ideas flowing. We're in the process of including multi-tiered online courses as well to our cadre of offerings, Sally included. With all these different options, people can choose the best way for them to acquire the content. Too busy to stay after school? No worries, watch a video. Video not your style? Listen to a podcast on your commute to or from school. Would you rather chill out to some Huey Lewis in the car? Not a problem. Look up resources on our site when you're tooling around the web later that evening. Not everyone has to drink the same juice in our school district. If you like apple, you can have apple, but if you like cherry, well, we've got a shot of that flavor syrup too. Oh, and we try to have fun with the trainings. No one wants to attend something if it has the reputation of being boring. We try to inject some personality into the offerings, which, we hope, brings people back for more. How about individualized education program meetings for students? Attending those meetings must take up lots of your time as well. Sally and Chris shared a quick, knowing, pensive look. We typically don't attend IEP meetings. Molly nearly fell out of her chair. She fought the urge to look around for the hidden cameras. She was surely on some reality television show. Someone was bound to leap out yelling, Gotcha! at any minute. Seriously? How else do you explain your recommendations to the team working with the student if you don't attend IEP meetings? Training, the duo said again in tandem. Laughing, Chris gestured to Sally to continue. We'd rather spend our time going over the recommendations with the teachers than attending an IEP meeting. It is imperative that we empower the teacher to know what those recommendations are and what they mean. The best way to ensure that a teacher knows exactly what is meant within a recommendation is for him or her to have to explain it to others. When we're present, we might say all sort of things that could be done, But in the end, it is the teacher, along with the other IEP team members, who need to implement the tools and strategies. Molly took a sip of her latte and, despite the rush of caffeine, felt oddly relaxed. She considered the implications of what these two were saying. Less time writing reports and less time attending IEP meetings equated to more time training educators and students to actually implement technology. That sounded strangely like teaching, the profession she fell in love with ages ago. The theory was sound, but was this sort of change doable? It might take some time for the teacher and administrator to learn to contact her first, but it could happen. If she reminded them, made a media campaign, met with them to explain the benefits, and showed everyone how the results would better serve her constituents, they could change. No, they would change. More than just the educators and students, she needed this change as well. I'm buying your coffees, Molly stated, no question in her voice. If she hadn't stumbled upon these two strangers, and if they hadn't recognized her, she'd probably be searching for jobs later that night. Now she had a plan of action that could change her job for the better, forever. She reached for her purse to pull out her credit card. She felt she had to do something to show her gratitude. No, no need, Sally said, a gracious hand shooing the credit card away. Yeah, there's no need to buy us coffee, Chris added with a coy smile, but if you want, you could buy our book. We had this conversation a few years ago, and a representative from the International Society for Technology and Education asked us to write a book about our team's challenges and solutions. You can share the book with your administrators to validate these and more tried and proven suggestions for practical and fun ways to implement assistive technology in the public schools.
0: On September 28, 2013, I got to give a TED talk at TEDx Ashburn. It was a completely surreal event. As soon as the video is posted, I'll, I'll be sure to let you know. I'll be honest, I was really nervous. But then, when the event actually happened, my nervousness gave away to excitement. The day was filled with learning new things, meeting new people, and expanding horizons. If you ever get a chance to attend a TEDx event, you should definitely, definitely, definitely do it. Here's a big thanks to everyone who had a hand in putting it together. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. Also, I just received word that the book Technology Tools for Students with Autism is now available for pre-sale. I co-authored two chapters in this book with Mark Nichols and Melissa Hartman. One chapter is on professional development, and the other is on tools and strategies used by students with autism. The book is published by Brooks Publishing Company, and you can read more about it at bit.ly, Tech Tools for Students with Autism. That's bit.ly slash tech tools, the numeral four, students with autism. Finally, I wanted to remind everyone that Beth Poss and me will be doing a different sort of pre-conference this year down at ATIA in Orlando. The idea is simply this. During most pre-conferences, you come, you listen to a few people talk, and maybe you do a few exercises that build upon the content of the presentation. That's been a perfectly good model for years, but we wanted to try something a little different this year. We wanted to host a pre-conference where participants walked away with a tangible, completed product or system or project of some sort. Participants could come to the session with an idea for an initiative, program, lesson, or activity that they'd like to start in their own educational institution to propagate a change. Together, we'd brainstorm, cultivate, and formulate that idea into something actionable using digital tools. Participants could create a resource with the tools to take back home to use with students, clients, colleagues, or other staff. People who have an idea could use the time in this session to see their idea all the way through to fruition with guided practice from us, the facilitators. This session will minimize talking at you and maximize hands-on doing. Ideas might include building a social media presence, creating a strategy a day calendar, starting a video channel, creating a blog or podcast, formulating a multimedia workshop using curated content, starting a wiki, starting a social bookmarking group, initiating an app review resource, making an online professional development course, writing a comic strip series, or making a glog. You can learn more about this pre-conference and register over at bit.ly slash digdeeper2014. That's bit.ly slash digdeeper2014. Until next time, may all your interventions be inclusive, may all your strategies be supportive, and may you all find your cure for the Evaluation Report Writing Blues.